Hello and welcome to the Fe- 42's Facebook Live in association with Betway as we reflect on a manic night in Las Vegas. Conor McGregor's return to the octagon ended in defeat to Khabib, but unfortunately the fight will be overshadowed by the horrific scenes afterwards in Las Vegas. Before we get into the fight and the scenes afterwards with our man on the ground, Gavin Casey, let's take a quick clip from Khabib's post-ma- post-fight press conference. I know this is not my best side. This is not my best side, you know, I'm human being and uh, like, I don't understand how people can talk about I jump on the cage, you know, what about he talk about my religion, he talk about my country, he talk about my father, he come to Brooklyn and he broke bus, he almost killed a couple people, what about this, what about this shit, why people talk about I jump over the cage, why people still talk about this, like I don't understand, I am respect, I, my father teach me, hey, you have to be always respectful. My old team, where I'm training California seven years, everybody know who I am. All my friends, like everybody who know me, they know who I am, you know? So Gav, the headline is that McGregor suffered a fourth round defeat and Khabib remains the lightweight champion, but so much more happened in Las Vegas in the early hours of this morning. From your vantage point in the press box in the T-Mobile arena, how did the kind of events unfold after after the uh, the bell went? The police was going absolutely mad, you know, and what I was just saying to, to um, a colleague there that like at the end of the fight it was a very entertaining fight and there was this kind of shocking moment obviously where mcgregor taps out and you can kind of see it creep across his face even as he did it like oh it's happened again and you know he's confronted all of a sudden by his own mortality but also the reality that he's going to be the butt of a lot of jokes and you know it's a it's a difficult one a tough one for him to swallow and but like there wasn't even time for any of that to kind of sink in in a way because mm-hmm. straight away Khabib was like firstly he fired his gum shield in the direction of McGregor's team so you knew something was going on then he hopped over the fence uh, sparked a brawl essentially um, then McGregor seemingly well from what I saw uh, got blindsided by one of Khabib's uh, team members who who just hit him in the jaw. Uh, there has been some footage going around that, that kind of might suggest McGregor may have instigated some of that. Well, you know, it's it's kind of hard to tell because at that time, and you were, you used the word manic, and there were just kind of like people flying in, and uh, mm. it, it was hard to make sense of. And like we were all the Irish media actually, we were in the kind of uh, nosebleeds at the T-Mobile Arena, and we were a little bit disappointed with that in the, in the sense that it's not uh, maybe the best place to watch a fight from. But in terms of what unfolded afterwards. It could have been better because <laughs> you could just see Khabib making a beeline through so many people, causing absolute ructions. And then, obviously, what was unfolding in the octagon as well was was fairly unsavory. And it's amazing, like the the this should be the the crowning moment of Khabib's career. I mean, to, to go twenty seven fights unbeaten in MMA is remarkable. Uh, to beat McGregor the way he did is remarkable. We'll talk about the actual fight later on, but um, he, he's kind of ruined it for himself. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just as as things unfolded, obviously Khabib, we saw in that clip there, mentioned Brooklyn and the bus incident, and he was kind of wondering why everyone was asking about what had happened after in the octagon. There, it's really unsavoury, as you said. Is 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 this kind of now par for the course? Was this nearly half expected in the build up between these two fighters? Because there was obviously a lot of hostility between the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, like it, it, I wouldn't say it's unfair to suggest that it would have been expected that there might have been something yeah. uh, might kick off, but probably not to this extent. I mean, Dana White 
uh, sort of said at the press conference afterwards that they had like had more meetings than ever before in terms of security and things like that. And, and he was, in fairness, quite conscious of uh, all of that aspect to it in the, in the lead up. I mean, when you go back to the press conference in New York, not having fans there for that very reason, for example. But um, yeah, I, I, I suppose like we're so used to in combat sports, we're so used to this false animosity used to mm. sell pay-per-views. And it's it's almost uh, chilling in a way when, like, you, we watch four rounds of two guys looking heads off each other basically, and then as soon as that was over and and the kind of fight breaks out afterwards, it, it's kind of chilling in a way because you're so used to people just embracing and you know the, you develop a respect when you fight a guy and things like that. But this was like as soon as Khabib choked McGregor out, he was standing over him, it was kind of almost Ali esque, uh, like it, it was. It, you know, bad blood probably doesn't do it justice. Like, I think there's genuine hatred there. Mm. There's also, like, Khabib was, was speaking afterwards about, he, he brought up a religion religion a couple of times and how McGregor had been speaking about his religion and you can't speak about religion and things like that. I think, uh, I suppose, so often in the past we've seen McGregor get in people's heads and it's worked to his advantage. And I think this time he just drove a guy demented. And uh, unfortunately, Khabib took it out in him and then took it out on a few other people as well afterwards. Yeah, we'll, t we'll touch on the fight, obviously, in a few minutes' time, but this is, is going to dominate the headlines and dominate all the, the post-fight talk. Dana White, as you mentioned there, there is going to be repercussions, and the UFC chief kind of touched on it afterwards. The three of Khabib's men are, are going to be have been on their way to jail, I think was the quote he used, and then uh, also confirmed that the Nevada Commission are withholding Khabib's purse for the, his role in the post-fight filings. We'll take a clip now from, from the UFC chief's um, press conference afterwards. The Nevada State Athletic Commission pulled the uh, footage from us and, uh, you know, there's an investigation going on. They are withholding Habib's purse. They are not withholding Conor McGregor's. They looked at the footage and felt that there was no need to hold his, withhold his purse. So they gave him his and they're, they're, they're keeping Habib's. With that in mind, I mean, we didn't see the belt put on Habib tonight. Um, is he still currently right now the champion, or is that something you're reviewing as well? Yeah, no, listen, being in there, in the middle of this thing when it was going on, I felt that I, I, I have to start worrying about the fans and people that are inside the arena, media, the guys that are, you know, that are there watching the fight. And I felt that if we put the belt on him in the middle of the octagon, it was going to rain. And I thought that people would throw whatever they had into the octagon, and I thought it would be a dangerous situation, so I didn't do it. I said, well, we're gonna be lucky just getting him out of here without him getting pelted, so. Uh so, Gav, Dana White said afterwards that he was disgusted and sick about what happened. Um, did, have the USC kind of outdone itself now? Because as we, I think you mentioned in your, in your report on the 42 this morning that, you know, there's been a long line of kind of incidents, not to this scale or extent, and, and it kind of went above and beyond now. This is kind of takes the biscuit in that, in that regard. Uh, yeah, I think we've, we've sort of seen and heard it all before in many ways, you know, we, if you go back to the boss incident when it happened, it was the most, I think you described it as the most disgusting thing that had ever happened in the history of the UFC. And I mean, what is it? Weeks, months later, like McGregor's whiskey brand is on the canvas. Uh, there was absolutely no repercussions from a UFC, UFC standpoint. Um, uh, and, you know, like obviously the boss incident was used to promote the fight uh, to, to a large degree. So I think everything Dana White says you can take with a pinch of salt. Uh, what I would say is that he was genuinely quite forlorn 
when he arrived into the uh, press conference. I mean, he started talking about the numbers and not pay-per-view numbers. They wouldn't be in yet, but just, uh, you know, a couple of figures and, and uh, best performance of the night, that kind of stuff. And he just goes like out of nowhere. He's like, you guys don't care about any of this, do you? You know, he, he was, a, mm. I think it was a marquee night for his company and a company that he's worked so tirelessly to build and, and a sport that he, he represents very well. And, you know, it went south very quickly. And um, I suppose if if you have loads of people who, who don't really take MMA seriously or will try to delegitimize it at every mm. opportunity, but they, they've just been handed this huge stick uh, with which they can beat it now. And, um, yeah, I, I think for it's another kind of black eye for the company. But, you know, when the, like McGregor and Khabib will rematch probably early in 2019 and I guarantee we're going to see all the, the, all this footage again and we'll see it from the angles that, that we didn't even see tonight or, or this morning your time like it you know will it still be disgusting when, when it makes a it makes for a three million pay-per-view um, probably not hmm. that's what it, that was kind of my next question do, do the UFC or Dana White really you know you mentioned the the Brooklyn bus incident and that kind of, you know, led to the promotion of the fight almost. Does they, do they do they really care about the optics of this? Because it is at the end of the day getting people talking about it. It is people, as you say, if there's a rematch between the two fighters, that people will be tuning in for those very reasons because of the hostility we've spoken of. Do, does it get to a point where they they really worry about the optics of it for their sport? I do, yeah, I think when they, when incidents like that happen. Your natural inclination is, is probably to be concerned, uh, particularly when you've got a fighter uh, hopping out of the cage and, and sort of, in many ways, mingling with the public in a way that he shouldn't be. You know, you've got all sorts of insurance issues and things like that. And uh, but it, you know, the UFC are very good at, at sort of making lemonade uh, out of lemons, and uh, regardless of how sour, and they'll do that again with this one. Um, you know, like I suppose. What's more important, like you know, morals or money, and, and those kind of questions. And to the UFC, probably money. Like most businesses, you know, yeah. we live in a capitalist society, so like I'm not singling them out, but you know, it, it's they speak like you know, Dana White will speak of his disappointment about it, and he, I think he was disappointed by it. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure when he when, when he gets a chance to, to rest his head tonight and he wakes up tomorrow, you'll see plenty of opportunities to come from it too. Sure, we're live from Las Vegas with Gavin Casey in association with Bet Way, reflecting on UFC 229. Gav, we'll get to the fight now. McGregor's comeback, MMA comeback, ended in a fourth round tap out. What what kind of did you make of the fight itself? Um, and and you know, because we spoke on Friday about the bookies slightly tipping Khabib you kind of fancied mm. McGregor in the first couple of rounds and I think most people <laughs> did I, I think most people did as well so did it come as a bit of a surprise to you how the fight unfolded itself uh, I, like I wasn't shocked by the pattern of the fight one thing that really did surprise me was I mean I kind of blasted Khabib's stand-up ability when we spoke on, on uh, the other day and he had boxed McGregor for large parts of the yeah. fight. I mean, there were, round three was a great round in the sense that McGregor had kind of fended off a takedown attempt, if I recall correctly. And then uh, Khabib just stood there with, you know, the most uh, serious and most powerful striker in his division, stood there, rock him, sock him, robots kind of a thing. And that was such a sort of a, a psychological move as much as anything. I mean, it's probably something that we've seen McGregor do in the past, like find your opponent's strength. And, and basically use it against them. And, and there was a moment where Khabib actually slapped him 
uh, probably Nate Diaz, like he was, you know, giving McGregor nightmares at that point. And and then not only did he slap him, but he actually kind of pointed out afterwards that he slapped him. He just held out the palm of his hand like that, and it, it was like, um, you know, the way it unfolded for McGregor. I thought, firstly, in in round one, he defended very well on the ground. It was like there wasn't a sort of a clean takedown. It was more, you know, a very gradual thing. And and. Gregor was doing okay. He was conserving a lot of energy. He wasn't taking significant damage. Second round, I felt that he could have actually been stopped. So severe was was uh, some of the damage that Khabib was doing on the ground. And I think after a while, and many people said this in the lead up, when you spend half the fight on, or more than half the fight on the ground and you're you're sort of wrestling for survival a little bit, you're going to be drained at some point. I thought that the McGregor we saw then in rounds three and four was probably a little bit tired. There wasn't the same pop behind a lot of his work that we are so used to seeing in the earlier rounds. So it was a tactical masterclass by Khabib, although he didn't really do anything out of the ordinary. He did what he usually does. Sure. <clears throat> we'll talk about what's next for McGregor now, but are we seeing his kind of powers waning, or is it so much so that his opponents are just getting incredibly stronger? They're working out how to, how to fight him, how to defeat him. Is that the case? Because obviously throughout the early stages of his career, he was seen as this unbeatable, undefeatable um, figure in the sport. How do you kind of, what, what's your read on that? Yeah, it's hard to know. Firstly, like there'll be a rematch. We've seen him adapt uh, in the past. You know, to the Diaz defeat, for example, he came back and, and he produced a tactical masterclass to, to win the rematch, albeit it was a close fight. Uh, like, did he? I don't even think he did enough to warrant a rematch, actually, uh, tonight. But we'll get one anyway because of all uh, that's gone on since then. It's a, a, a promoter's dream, you know, once once the nightmare ends, really. And, uh, like, I. I, I so I suppose it, this is a long way of my saying I'd like to see a rematch before making a judgment call on whether his powers are waning because mm -hmm. two years out of the octagon is a long time. I know he can, he talks about, well, I'm always in some sort of fight somewhere and all this kind of crap, but like it's all well and good uh, sparring and things like that. It's just not the same as, as uh, the heat of competition. And I thought tonight he looked a little bit... Um, Shock is the wrong word, but more more so rusty. I mean, we mentioned rust uh, the last time we spoke, and yeah. his timing wasn't quite there. Um, but I, I'd like to see him in maybe a couple of fights in quick succession, just to see if he can rediscover that, and, and then we'll know more. Yeah, I mean, if say his performance tonight, if that's the best he can produce right now, then yeah, he's on the way in big time. But then, uh, to, you know, in fairness to him, he lost to an absolute freak athlete in Khabib. You know, like mm -hmm. like. This was Khabib's acid test in a, in a lot of ways, and he passed it with absolutely flying colours. And I think, yes, McGregor was a sort of a once-in-a-generation talent, and that's the way he was built uh, in the early segments of his career. <laughs> Khabib is probably the same now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, twice in a generation, I guess. But um, maybe the sort of McGregor takeover and all that is, is coming to an end, and, and maybe... There's a new sheriff in town, so to speak. Sure. We'll end on, on, on a bright note. Um, seemed to be a large Irish crowd there again in Las Vegas. and We touched on it you know, on Friday when we spoke about the McGregor fans travelling in numbers. It seemed to be a great occasion up until the, the kind of the ugly scenes we've spoken about. Yeah, it was it was an amazing um, occasion. And I, I, even like, you know, as you mentioned, there were thousands of Irish people there. But the co-main event between uh, Tony Ferguson and Anthony Pettis, a great fight, mm. like two... The, the skills of both men sort of showed was 
were remarkable and, and the atmosphere for that fight even was, was electric, you know, despite the fact that the Irish people in uh, the T-Mobile arena wouldn't have had a, a horse in the race necessarily. And the atmosphere for the McGregor fight was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, there were a couple of times where McGregor, to his credit, was was on the ground and he sort of, you know, manoeuvred his way back up to his feet and just the roar was absolutely deafening. And then, of course, with the, uh, the unsavory stuff that happened afterwards, the crowd was <laughs> getting... Um, you know, getting involved in that as well, not physically, of course, but more mm. so uh, kind of just roaring. I think everybody was, it was either howling in derision or, mm. or you know, roaring encouragement. Um, yeah, like it was, as an event, it was it was an amazing um, thing to be at. But I suppose, well, you asked it, end on a bright note, like I'll, I'll end on an extremely sad one then. Like, I mean, it should have been this, uh, you know, monumental occasion for... Uh, a, a relatively young company that's trying to gain legitimacy or, or I suppose trying to be um, seen as legitimate. And uh, instead we've spent, spent most of this talking about, uh, you know, sort of acts of toggery outside of the octagon, which mm. is, uh, which is a shame. It is indeed. Yeah. Gav, we'll let you go catch up with, uh, with some sleep because it's been a mad night for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't down there though. You know, it was <laughs> safe in the nosebleeds at least. Yeah. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks a million, Gav. And thanks for joining us on our Facebook Live in association with Betway. Until next time, goodbye.